Another podcast brought to you by Team Corker. This is a special one because if you're on the gram, you might just know Taylor Loren. And Taylor is a longtime, awesome Vancouver resident friend who started in the world of social, as she'll share with you, when she was naughty on Twitter, a big, beautiful, hot mess. And then it became super authentic and honest on Instagram and dare I say, was hiding behind a brand known as Later. And she put Later on the map. I wonder if Later gives her all of the credit that she is truly owned. She left Later and her foray into entrepreneurial boots was with Girl Boss, where she relaunched the podcast from Sophia and only a year ago went out on her own to forge the path, which is now her own consulting business. You can find her on the gram. You can find her on TikTok. She's obsessed with creating content. And more than ever, she's obsessed with sharing her most honest, I say vulnerable, I think she would just say candid experiences day to day when her mental health is going well, when she's struggling, and how all of that can live in a safe space because she knows that she has a secure attachment style. She can avoid or ignore the haters and just keep showing up. She gives us insight as to when the gram might be a little bit quieter, when we've really got to be firing on all social cylinders. This is a special conversation because Taylor is someone who I look to in awe and hope that we can package and bundle her confidence in a box and give it to all of our favorite people like you. Taylor, welcome to the pod. Hello, I'm so excited to be chatting with you. I mean, we have had several iterations of Taylor on the World Wide Web in the last (laughs) few years. And uh, for all of us that have followed you so religiously and quite frankly, in such awe of your continual transformations. And I just want to say upgrades, like you've just gone to the front of the plane and then the next front of the plane and the next front of the plane. And it's been such a joy. And while I could introduce you with my language, I think it would be so much more fun if you would introduce yourself in your words with your language to our listeners. All right. Well, hello everyone. My name is Taylor Loren and I am a marketer. I'm obsessed with marketing and branding and social media. And I worked in that role as like director of marketing at different companies over the years. I was at later and girl boss, but for the last year I've been working for myself and trying to figure out what that looks like. I have a course called the reels course. I do freelance marketing consulting with some brands. And then what I love doing the most is like creating content on my social media channels on Instagram and YouTube. So when it comes to work, it's definitely a hybrid of things. And I just, I'm a very online person and I love living my life online. (laughs) You are so online. I mean, there's so many different directions we're going to go. So forgive me and listeners ahead of time if we go in so many tangents here, because my first question is you are so online and you're so vulnerable and you're so honest. And I want to know where that, and I say this with so much respect, like your beautiful courage and confidence to give zero hoots about 
how any of it will be received. And we just know we get you. Where did that come from for you? Well, thank you so much for your kind words. My vulnerability on the internet has been a journey. My very first job when I was working at Hootsuite and I was like 21 years old or 20 years old at that time of my life, I was still sharing my whole life online, but it was on Twitter and it was not exactly pretty. It was like me partying and drunk tweeting. And it was just, you know, a hot mess as most 20 year olds in college are. So there's definitely been like a lot of growth since then. But I remember like, I kind of would get in trouble for my online presence back then. And I mean, that's understandable. Like, wait, Taylor, you got in trouble from who? Who were you getting in trouble from? My boss at the time, she's actually reached out to me since and was like, I don't think I was sharing like the best wisdom with you. Like she kind of was like, this is who you are. And I I should have tried to like hold you back from that. But at the same time, I mean, I was like such a hot mess on the internet when I was 19, 20, 21 years old. So learning how to like make the internet work for me and my career versus like my personal life, I guess, was a decades long journey for myself, but I just love connection and connecting with people. And I love my internet community and it gives so much to me and my life. I don't know. It doesn't feel scary. Cause I just, I still feel like I'm posting to a few friends or something like that. Yes. Um, I don't really think about like how many people are like watching it or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So you don't think it's thousands which it is, you just happen to think it's close friends. And I'm wondering in this day and age, as we follow you, we know you do have really cherished friendships and you have a really cherished relationship with your partner and things that exist in real life that you share with us. And I wonder, does the intersection of online and offline ever feel, it's not inauthentic. It's just like, does your heart feel full when you don't meet people in real life and how do you leverage your online community in a like soulful way that inspires you to keep going? Basically, I want to know, like, how do you feel connection with people that you'll never meet? And then the other side of it is like, tell me about the jerks. Tell me about the assholes that have come in and like, how do you wipe that off and like keep showing up? And you're like, I don't care about the naysayers. Yeah. There's so many people that I feel really close to that I rarely ever see in person, but I have a lot of close friendships with people that I've basically made through Instagram. We talk all the time or we're on each other's like close friends, Instagram stories, but like maybe we've only met in person one time ever. (laughs) I love being able to like meet people that are just outside of my like local bubble here in Vancouver, you know, and have friends like in different cities around the world and just be able to, yeah, have these close relationships with them. I'm a bit of an introvert. So that's like an easier way for me to build friendships with people because when my energy is there, I can like go in and jump in. And then when I'm feeling like I'm too socialized out, you know, you just wait a couple hours to reply to a message or send a message the next day kind of a thing. So yeah, so it's been really fulfilling to just meet so many people that I wouldn't meet if I was just limited to meeting friends in my hometown. And then there's also like haters (laughs) and stuff as well. But I think I've just developed like 
a pretty thick skin towards that because it's not really any different than in real life too. An example comes to mind, like, you know, if I get messages and people like calling me like fat or things like that, it's like that happens in real life too. And people harass you on the street saying the same things. So to me, it's, it's not much different. I'm like a secure attachment person or my attachment style is secure. So I just feel like I'm very like rooted in who I am and like who my friends and family are. So it doesn't bother me too much. If people were to like insult my work or something like that, that I'm really proud of that. I feel that I'm like so great at. And then there was a ton of people to be like, Oh, this branding is terrible. I'd probably get very upset about that. But if they're just coming for like me or my personality, then I'm like, I don't really care. Cause I know who my friends and family are and they like me and that's all that really matters. <laughs> oh, it's so powerful. And it's so it's, it's beautiful. So what I heard there is that you have a secure attachment style, which comes mm-hmm. off and is exposed to us as beautiful confidence. And I say that because there never feels like arrogance or ego It's just like, gosh, I want to wrap you in a package and give the gift of confidence to so many other people to just share in the way that you share. And it's so, so beautiful. And yet where you're protected is if something you've created called a business, called a brand, called like the product that you're putting out in the world. It's like your Mm -hmm. art, as I call, I mean, I think every entrepreneur is an artist. Oh, I love that you said that. I'm always telling my husband, I'm like, my content is like my art. It's like my self-expression. Yeah. You know, like creating a little TikTok video (laughs) where I'm lip syncing to something or whatever, but it's like, I'm coming up with creative ideas and expressing myself. And that's as artistic as I get. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. And I think it's beautiful as humans to remember let's not be jerks and kindness is really cool and what it feels like to be attacked personally or be made fun of personally versus mocked at or even copied. And let's go there because you were just sharing how (laughs) someone is plagiarizing, copying and like that quote, you know, what is it? It's something to the effect of like copying being the highest form of flattery. Is it plagiarism Mm. or something? It's like, you've done something so beautiful that someone else wants to copy it. And as an entrepreneur, I'm like, uh uh-uh, it's the worst. (laughs) Like, there's nothing beautiful about that. What was your experience, feelings, relationship with feeling copied, Taylor? Yeah, honestly, it lit a fire under my ass. I mean, I'm a Capricorn son, and I am extremely motivated by competition. As my friend said, we can, like, normalize nemeses in a way. Like, this isn't necessarily my finest attribute, but every single job that I've ever had, I've had this, like, imaginary, like, nemesis at another company or a competing company. And that, like, drives me to do better. And not in a way, like, I'm out to sabotage anyone or anything, but when there's other people in your space doing good work... I'm like, oh, okay, I got to step it up. I have to do better. And it's like very motivating to me because otherwise I can be really just complacent and there's nothing really driving me to just, for example, like, you know, if my Instagram account, you know, it's grown to 220, 30,000 followers and it's, you know, we have a bit of a routine going and stuff with that now. And now I'm like, oh, someone's trying to come in and do the same thing. Great. We're going to switch it up. It's like showing a mirror and I'm like, I can be doing better. Like I was just being a little bit complacent. So 
I thank people for copying me or trying to come for me because other people notice, like once I shared that on my stories, so many people were like, I saw this happening. I noticed this too. And I was like, thanks for telling me (laughs) y'all. Yeah. I don't think that like competition is such a terrible thing. I'm very motivated by competition. And as long as it's friendly competition, like we're not getting dirty, mudslinging, fighting or anything like that. It just really drives me to do better and be better and probably makes all of us better. Mm. So I think there's a difference there because what you have shared is competition makes you want to do better. And I think that's a beautiful takeaway for everyone listening. Mm -hmm. Competition makes us do better. And the notion, which is so beautiful, it's probably exactly why you're doing what you're doing and you're doing it so well, is that the notion of being copied and where does taking your essence, taking your brand, taking who you are and someone replicating that. And I love that you don't see that as plagiarism, if you will, you see that as competition and you're like, copy me and I'm going to get better. Copy me and I'm going to, I'm going to raise the bar. I'm going to switch it up. And so I think your ability to pivot like that constantly is so admirable from the outset and knowing that it is what is so true for you is even cooler. It's like, oh, here you go again. Just being inside who you are outside. (laughs) Oh, thanks. Yeah. To me, it's just kind of like, oh, I see you. Like, this is what you're going to do. You want to copy me? Okay. Game on, you know, like I think my approach isn't to like maybe necessarily sit there and call out this brand or things like that. I'm just like, I'm going to set my game up and I'm going to do better and I'm going to (laughs) win. Great. You are going to win. Okay. (laughs) In the game of winning and the game of competition, we are just through the halfway point of 2022, which is so wild. So when this podcast comes out, we will have crossed the threshold of halfway. And I think there's a very fine balance, not only for entrepreneurs, for everyone, however you spend your days in what does halfway mean? Does it mean you rest? Does it mean you reflect? Does it mean you charge forward? And I'm curious about your relationship with halfway through 2022. Yeah, I feel like I'm definitely ready to rest. (laughs) The last half of the year is always a very busy time for me. And the beginning of the year is, is very busy in my industry. January is like the biggest month of the year for sure. So summer is very like light. And then the winter is like very heavy, very busy, a lot going on. So I quit my job pretty much almost exactly like a year ago. And I took most of the summer off and didn't really start working on myself and my course until like September. And I love that. So I want to be really intentional with my summertime. I think solstice is, is a great way to start to reflect and just be like, what do I want to get out of my summer? I feel like living in Vancouver, it's nice here, such a short amount of time per year that I'm just wanting to like maximize everything. So I kind of planned my schedule to try and wrap up a lot of my big projects before July so that I can kind of like take it a bit easier for the summer and then come back ready to go and a bit more rejuvenated in the fall. Mm -hmm. But I say that now and we'll see what actually happens, (laughs) but yeah, my birthday is also in January. So January is always like a big reset for me. It's both like the new year and I turn a new age. That's always like a very intense reflection time. So I feel like 
six months later from that, it's kind of the opposite. It's like a really like chill, relaxing time. Yeah. Well, I love that you share that. The Corker Co. was actually taking the month of August off because Oh my gosh. My business partner has two young kids and she just said, I'm only going to have so many summers left. And last summer, you know, you could tell the sun would come out and she was like, I need to be with these kids. Like they're only out of school for this amount of time. And our creative director literally takes her laptop to the beach and is like, if it is sunny, I only want to be at the beach. And I was like, how do we incorporate this into your life? So you get to live and we make the very most of, of what injects, you know, your soul and your spirit while the sun is shining or not. Cause I mean, like the weather's not always nice in Vancouver yet. What is that time to reset? And I didn't know how you would answer that question. I love that you're up for some chill time. And my biggest hanging question is like, does that totally upset the algorithm? Do you have scheduled content? <laughs> like, is it possible to rest? How do you rest and have a thriving Instagram account or social account for that matter? That's a really great question. I think in an ideal world, you're someone who's really organized and you batch content and you have it ready to go when you need it. But I'm someone who maybe doesn't practice what I preach because it's just like, you can have all these best practices and all the intentions to do that, but then life gets in the way. Sometimes I definitely think that like taking time off social media is not a bad thing at all. And especially in regards to the algorithm, you know, even if you take like a 24 hour, 48 hour break from stories and you come back your stories are going to get way higher views because that's just the way the algorithm works. If you're, you know, you know, on platforms like TikTok or something, stopping posting can, can be more detrimental, but for Instagram, like if you just want to take a month off of Instagram and if Instagram isn't like the thing that's driving a lot of revenue for you, or you decide you want to give up that revenue or something like that, I think it's totally fine. And then when you come back from your break, be really intense with that first post and it'll probably perform super well for you. (laughs) But if you don't want to do that, then batching content. And for example, like I have a workflow for all of my like sponsored content. So the first week of every month is when I do all of that. So I have like one day where I'm scripting another day where I film everything. And then usually one or two days where I'm editing everything and then I'm done for the rest of the month. And so when it comes time to post those things, I don't have to like scramble. It's all sent for the brand approval and I'm ready to post. And so you can take that same concept and do that for like all the content for your business as well. I love it. I love it. I love it. You heard it here that it's okay to pause. It's okay to take a break mm-hmm. and it's so sexy to be prepared and to have a content <laughs> calendar. And that is one of the many things you can talk to Taylor about. <laughs> yeah. But also in the summertime, like views and engagement, everything goes down in the summer because people are spending less time on their phones. You know, mm. it is seasonal. Like people are outside living their lives and stuff like that. So you're not necessarily like missing out on anything major. I think if you are going to take a month off Instagram, the summer is the perfect time to do it. Okay. I love hearing this from you. This is great. (laughs) I did not again, know how you would respond, but that is sage, sage wisdom for everyone who's in the world of social, which is a lot of us. 
Okay, I need to go on a tangent here because one of my questions that I really wanted to ask you, and I haven't seen you riff on this a ton because it might not seem quote unquote corporate or business enough. And the reality is that I think we have a relationship with our phones that impacts all relationships in our lives. And I'm wondering how you manage your relationship with your phone, which is your work, with your relationship, for example, with your husband or with your friends. And it's like, is it just known like I'm Taylor and my phone's going to be out and I'm going to record everything. Does your husband ever say like, can you put your phone away at dinner tonight? And can we like just talk to each other or does that never happen? And is there like agreed upon understandings? I just would love to know people's relationship with this device outside of these quotation marks that we call at work. Then what? Yes. So unfortunately I have a toxic relationship with my phone. I'm fully addicted to my phone. And I guess the good thing is I've reached the point where I have self-awareness to know that because maybe like a year and a half ago, I would have been really defensive if you asked me that question. And now I'm recognizing like, Nope, I I'm addicted to my phone. I do have boundaries with it depending on the day is depending on how strict I am with those boundaries. My husband really doesn't like me being on my phone. And so he really likes to have like intentional quality time with me. And so that's like me putting my phone away or not looking at it or something like that. Even if we're just like watching a TV show together and it's like a really like good drama or something like that. Like he'll get annoyed if I'm just like also looking at my phone at the same time, which is to be fair. So I find the simple act of just flipping your phone over on the table is huge. So if I'm going out for dinner with friends, I have my phone on the table, but I put it like face down and that's kind of like my sign, like, Hey, my phone's here, but I'm not going to be like looking at it or checking on it as of like respect for our dinner or whatever. And then I just, it stays there face down until of course I want to like record content of something and take it out and like your food comes. Okay. Here's my photos. Here's my videos. And with all my friends, I would say there is that like understanding that the phone eats first, like (laughs) Taylor's going to whip out our phone and take a video of all of our food. And then we're allowed to jump in and eat it. So yeah, my friends and family are all very used to that. I don't think anyone really minds it. I'm very big on like consent though. So if people don't want to be in my content or in my stories or something, that's totally fine by me. And I'll always ask people before I like post a photo of them or something like, Oh, is it cool if I post this? Like you like this photo of yourself or whatever. So I think that's really important because some people have different opinions on that. And same thing, like, especially if I have any friends with like kids or something like that, I usually don't really take any content. Or if I do, I make sure they're cool with it first. The worst part (laughs) of my phone addiction is like the morning time. That's what I really struggle with is just, you know, rolling over and opening your phone the first thing. And there's been times where I've been really good and I don't do that for, you know, 20 minutes in the morning. And I think it really does have such a positive effect starting your day without just instantly going into like reaction respond mode. But currently I'm just not there. (laughs) Currently I'm still rolling over and checking my phone first thing in the morning and getting sucked in. So that is so honest. Oh, it's so honest. And it's so honest because I think so many of us can relate to it. And 
we want to like bat around and is it toxic or is it not toxic? And in an ideal world, would you wait 20 minutes before looking at your phone in the morning? Yes, for sure. You would. Okay. So yeah, I definitely would. Okay. Fair. So in a perfect world, even Taylor may want to wait until her phone takes over her brain for the day. (laughs) Maybe it's a habit you'd want to consider too. All right. I have two last questions for you. My first is a brand and a human. I mean, I ask for a brand and a human and maybe you'll answer it differently. I'm looking for two sources of inspiration. Who do you think is either doing social really well? This is not like tailored competition. It's just, these are two entities that you're like, these people are worth following. They're excellent. Or these brands. Do you have two of them for us? Yes. So the first person that comes to my mind is Michaela. I don't even know what her last name is. That's how synonymous her first name is to me. She is a beauty creator on TikTok and she is amazing. She is one of the people that like just totally like blew up during the pandemic and she's from Massachusetts. So she has this awesome like accent and she's just so vibrant and energetic. And I just love all of her content. Like I watch it every night when I'm like going to bed or whatever, I watch a few of her TikToks and it's just really calming to me, but it's also really, really inspiring. So many content creators kind of entered this like extreme hyper growth stage, especially on TikTok through the pandemic. And they were like a normal person. And then a few months later, they have millions of followers. Like that's not a normal thing to happen. So because of that, I feel like a lot of them still feel like they're normal people that that you're interacting with. And she's just loves like creating content. And I get really inspired. You know, she shared like a day in my life recently, which was, you know, talking about like, she wakes up at 7am and then she films like all her videos from like seven to one. And then she does like emails from one to this time. And I was like, Oh, she's recording like multiple videos every single day. And that just kind of flipped something in my head. And I was like, I should be creating, even if it's just one little TikTok or something like every single day. So yeah, she would be like a, a human that, that I really love. It's hard to describe it. Yeah. If you just watch one of her videos, you'll know what I mean. <laughs> love it. A brand. Let me pull up. I aggressively save content on Instagram and TikTok. So I have a whole folder of content inspo and I have a whole folder of like add inspo as well. So let me just pull that up here and see. So you save content from an inspiration perspective. It's like your version of a Pinterest board is saved content. Oh yeah. My saved folders on Instagram. I have a folder for everything here. Like I have people I want to partner with for the reels course headshot inspo. If anytime I see someone has like a good headshot, any trip I'm planning on going, I like save all the photos or places in there. I have a whole folder here of like cool brands, <laughs> a whole folder of like ad inspo. Yeah. Cause if you save it, when you see it, then it's a lot more easier to find than when you're on the spot, but let's see if I can see anything I like, or I'll just think about it. Okay. What's a brand that's a brand on social. I mean, even an ad that you're inspired by that says something what ad has popped up that you haven't wanted to report or unfollow? (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah. You know, what's so interesting about this question is that I'm realizing that I consume so much content from creators now versus brands, Mm -hmm. because that's my industry, I guess now versus Mm -hmm. when I worked at later, I consumed mostly like branded content because I was working on a brand side, but Mm -hmm. now I'm a creator. So I think I'm trying to do that more, but you know what, actually this is maybe a cop-out of an answer, but I really love what the Instagram at creators Instagram account is doing. Mm -hmm. I think they are doing such a great job. Their brand isn't like overly branded. Like Mm -hmm. it's very approachable when you look at like the graphics and stuff, it doesn't look like too perfect and polished. They do such a great job at like inclusion and diversity and showing such a wide array of creators and then pulling in those creators and pulling in their community to speak to their product and their product features or things like that. Mm -hmm. So from a big perspective, I think that they do a great job from a small business perspective. I love super crush. They are like a local small business here in Vancouver. They actually are one of the students in the reels course. They're a mom and daughter duo and they just create like the cutest content with their TikToks and their reels. And they just really get the meme mentality that I teach in my course. And it's just really cute and funny. Yeah. I think they're doing a really great job as a small business. So it's so insightful. And it's so interesting to me that the question you struggle with would be around a brand, because I think it Mm -hmm. feels like where we're going. Yes, you're a creator. Yet the reality is we're all creators and what social has allowed us to become our creators and what social has provided is a platform for you to express yourself however you want. And the struggle is trusting the authenticity of brands now because we want to know who's behind every brand. And as you were pondering the question, I thought to myself, Adam Grant is an HR guru, really, in many respects. And he's done a great job in being so himself. He was like, I can't be creative. I don't know what to do or say on Instagram. And he literally just posts his tweets. The kicker is he's really wise things to say. And his words are worth sharing. And so he has just found the way to do it that works for him. And I think that's really cool. There's a professor on Instagram, keeping it as basic as possible. On the other side, I think Headspace. Do you follow Headspace? I do. Yes. We worked with them a few times at later when I worked there. Granted, I it's love them. basic. I love it. It makes me want to meditate and it doesn't make me feel guilty for not meditating. So it keeps mm-hmm. it so simple. And it's not about the simplicity as much as it's about the congruency. So all aspects of headspace feel so congruent. And my wish is that we can all show up in the most congruent way possible, online, offline, in an email, on a platform. And ultimately, Taylor, I think you do a brilliant job of that. Your congruency is five stars. That's my goal. If I meet someone in person for them to feel like I'm the same person Mm -hmm. that they're expecting from my Instagram or stories. (laughs) That's my goal. So beautiful. We are so over time and I couldn't stop because I'm so grateful for your words. So our last question is what is currently making your heartbeat faster, Taylor? 
Okay, well, they just released some photos from the filming of the new Barbie movie. <laughs> and I am obsessed. Like, there's photos yesterday of them wearing, like, the neon rollerblades. And it just instantly took me back. I was like, I have this Barbie. And I these rollerblades. And it just, like, made me become like, a child again. So I'm extremely excited for that movie. But <laughs> beyond that, I am really loving like being at home right now and nesting Mm -hmm. and I've been traveling a lot lately and so I just set up like the new furniture on my patio and yesterday I was working out there and it was just really like warming to my heart I think it was being a little faster but being home and feeling like the safety in my home and I'm really excited to just slow down a bit I'm home for the summer and just this is my happy place. So getting all my house together. So those two I things. love it. I love it. Barbie and slow down. I said to my yeah. best friend the other day, I just need a minute. And his beautiful, brilliant response was, I think I need two minutes and I'll take it. It's like, Aww. you know what? This is the summer. We need to take a beat, take a minute or take two minutes and may home be your haven. What a beautiful place. Taylor, thank you for every syllable for every minute. I'm so, so grateful that we got to jump on the pod together and yeah, we're raving fans and I'm unapologetic about making sure that you know that. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. This has been awesome. Have a great day. Bye.